Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Black Techies Podcast, where black culture meets the world of technology. I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Packet Stiller. I'm joined once again by Herb. You know, we uh, it's, it's been a while, I know, and a lot of uh, a lot of us have families and other responsibilities and all that and stuff. I'm personally, my wife and I are trying to buy a home, so we haven't really been <laughs> been in the in the podcasting uh, mood as of late. But we're still here. Don't worry. But um, but this is probably one of the better times to to do a podcast. Of course, as you all, as you can see, the title of the, the episode we're talking about Apple and the iPhone 11 and everything that that's been going around in the in the Apple world so far. Maybe even maybe we might even dip our toes into the Google world because if it's uh, applicable. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, just just to kind of jump right in there, like I guess we can start off with the hardware itself. So like iPhone 11, iPhone 11 Pro, the iPhone 11 Pro Max. Oh gosh, that name. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, they they, they could have did a better job. So that, from Seriously. from most of the reviews I've seen, I haven't asked I haven't actually played with it myself. But from all the the reviews I've seen, it seems to be a really solid upgrade. And like, if you have any iPhone before the iPhone 10, you should probably upgrade to this one. Uh, and like the camera in particular. I'm hearing is by one of the best mobile, if not the best mobile camera out so far. At least asterisk, asterisk, until the Pixel Four comes out. <laughs> but at least for right now, uh, it's the it's the the best camera you can get on a smartphone. Uh, at least all around camera you can get on a smartphone. Um, I think maybe some of the other phones might do a little. They might do like something is a little bit better. Than the iPhone, but like as a total package, as like a point and shoot, right? I think from what I've heard is you know it's generally pretty pretty good. But as a primarily Android guy, I'm I'm interested in hearing your thoughts about it though. Honestly, man, I'm I'm pretty impressed with the, with the hardware. Number one, um, I mean I I mean there's just specific things with the with the Apple OS that. I'm never really going to have a warm fuzzies for. I'm just not. No matter how, you know, how symmetrical and how streamlined the OS is, it's just there are a number of things with it that, you know, I'm I'm just, it, it just doesn't, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth in terms of things that you can do with the operating system as a user. But, um... I think it's a bit, I mean, it has the potential to be the best iPhone for them yet, you know, and I know the platform, you know, for their audience, you know, is, I mean, people are, are really excited about it. And I think it's, you know, as somebody that is kind of an Android stan, (laughs) (laughs) admittedly, um, you know, it's a pretty impressive product. It's, you know, like I said, you, you, you know, as you mentioned about the camera, you know, it's arguably the best camera that's on a phone right now. And I, I don't say that lightly um, because the, you know, the new Galaxy series, the Galaxy Notes, the Galaxy 10, you know, those were a hard act to follow. And I think Apple has put a pretty worthy competitor um, out there. So let the wars begin yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, they say that the the best camera you have is the one in your pocket or something, whatever that saying is. <laughs> but uh, so I mean, like, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, they, <laughs> so Apple really hyped up the the iPhone Pro, right? iPhone 11 Pro, and they they kind of emphasized the fact that they really made what they really wanted to make sure that you know because they called it a Pro that the camera itself was a quote unquote Pro level camera. Now, obviously. You know, if you're listening to this and you regularly shoot with a DSLR, <laughs> you're already just shaking your head yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> you're like, no, <laughs> like, what are you, what are you talking about? Now, that said, yeah. I've, um, there, I forgot the name of the guy. He's a, um, he's a, he's a professional photographer and he actually did, he had, you know, he, he got, he bought the iPhone 11 Pro and he, uh, took a, you know, took a few shots with it. And he, even he said that, you know, this is probably the, 
the best iPhone he's ever seen, like the best iPhone camera he's ever, you know, he's ever shot with. So I think that's high praise coming from, you know, a professional photographer who normally uses high-end DSLR cameras and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I mean, you know, that's always going to be the best of the best if you want the best photography. But if you're poor like us. Uh, yeah, very, <laughs> then, yeah, man, we, we on a budget. Right, then... Uh, the I the you know uh, <coughs> iPhone is gonna have to do or Pixel yeah. or whatever you or even like you said the Gal the Galaxy Note is still really good. Um, so now I will say this, um, and this is you know, um, you know for iPhone users, um, it, it's one of the cheaper iPhones that they've put out. I and know, shocker, right? Yeah, they, yeah when they exactly. announced the price for the, the 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 regular iPhone 11, I think it's what six ninety nine, I think. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, even though, you know, brothers ain't got that type of scratch to be tossing on the phone like that all the time. But, you know, I guess, you know, for those folks that are, you know, in our audience that are like, you know, um, mobile phone snobs or bougie or technically bougie. <laughs> really te <laughs> technically bougie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then this... This may actually surprise those folks because those folks, you know, those folks represent a niche that don't, they don't really care about what they spend as long as they, you know, get what they want to get. So it's, um, it's very, it's very refreshing to see the price drop. Right. Although, like I said, for me as an Android user, it's kind of like, eh, okay. Um, a lot of the functionality that the phone had, you know, most Androids already have. Right. Minus minus the hardware. So, you know, but it, I still, you know, I'm not going to be a hater and not give kudos because <laughs> I'm like I said, it's a it's a really, I mean, it's a really quality um, offering that they've given us. So to the, to that point, I just I will say that, and I, I made a status about this on Facebook. So it's like you know we're people are still out here calling calling each other fandroids and ice sheep and all that stuff. I mean, man, look, it's I, not it's not that serious, bro. I I, I get <laughs> it that you are that you really love your platform or of choice and that it really works for you. That's great, but the emphasis is on for you. So yeah. <laughs> like if you, I mean, it's I like both platforms. In fact, I'm still highly considering switching to the Pixel 4 when it comes out. But, um, like, people just like the iPhone because it's simple to use, and uh, it you get uh, you get updates every year, just like iOS 13 that just came out. But, uh, I mean, and you don't, it's, it's simple to use. I mean, if you, if I, if, like, an older person, right, would have come to me and asked, you know, David, what kind of phone should I get? Get an iPhone. Like, it's easy to use. <laughs> it's, oh, it doesn't yeah. take any, I mean, it, granted, Android phones aren't really that, hard to use either but i mean apple makes everything a whole lot easier to just jump in and use yeah. um well i think the main thing with apple and you know this lends to ease of use is their continuity right. and in terms of their ecosystem so you know whether it's the iphone or the ipad or your computer you know that continuity between platforms is what really um it's it's what's really attractive to a, a wide base of users out there that are looking for uniformity and, you know, simplicity. That, you know, I'm not, definitely not, like I said, I'm not hating on Apple at all because, you know, for those specific things, they do an awesome job. You know, the big thing is how they integrate with, you know, how they play with other other operating systems and other environments, which, you know, quite frankly, that kind of sucks. But, um, yeah, I mean, everybody has their own preference, you know, and I'm, it's, it's kind of funny to see that type of Hatfield versus McCoy type vibe, <laughs> you know, that's online all the time because it's, I mean, it's just like, dude, it's, it's not that serious. It just really ain't, you know. Yes. It, it never fails. Like every yeah. single time a new iPhone comes out, here come all the Android folks. Oh, like, uh, Android! Android already had this. We know. Yeah, we know. <laughs> that's like, the. Yes. I mean, and that's that's the thing, and that's that's the thing that I think people need to realize about a lot of iPhone people. They don't care about features per se. Yeah. They, 
I think, in fact, you know, you know, the irony is that iOS 13 and the new iPhone actually, like you said, it kind of caught up to where Android is, but that only reinforces why iPhone people aren't going to leave because it's like, well, if they already have the stuff that Android has now, why would I leave now, right? So, right. <laughs> but uh, um, that said, I mean, you, you really can't beat the flexibility of Android. And that's the thing, that's the thing I kind of miss now. Like, there, there are some things that I really like to do. Like, for example, like, you know, I'm, I'm a network guy. I like, if I open up a Wi-Fi app, I want to be able to see what Wi-Fi channel I'm on so I can, ma- you know, maximize my my, exactly. uh, my Wi-Fi. But you can't do that on an iPhone because Apple doesn't let you see that kind of stuff. So, right. Um, well, and conversely, that's just like um, good examples, you know, for example, you know, what I'm doing a podcast on, like, you know, I'm doing a podcast on, you know, an iPhone, you know, the, not an 11, but the iPhone XR, you know, XR. And it's, uh, it's really, it's a very versatile platform in that sense, in terms of doing media stuff, in terms of just being able to just purpose it for whatever you want to do. Um, Android is also, but for some folks, there is a learning curve because it's just, you know, from being able to find what settings are to just being able to maneuver in the environment, you know, some folks really don't like it. You know, me not being one of them, I love Android. (laughs) Like I said, I'm an Android stan. And the flexibility, you know, of the platform is exactly you know, what drew me to it, you know, initially. Um, But using, you know, the latest offerings from, you know, for iPhone, you know, I can see the appeal. You know, like I said, it's very streamlined and the ecosystem is, you know, in terms of uniformity, there's, it's second to none. Um, I think the other, you know, the other thing about that, though, is, some of the other services that tie into that ecosystem um, that people use, whether it's iTunes, whether it's, um, you know, just talking about newer stuff like Apple Arcade, um, you know, Apple TV, TV Plus platforms, and some of the things that you're not going to be able to access anyplace else unless you are in that ecosystem. I think that's the big thing that, that kind of turns some Android users off because, you know, you go on an Android platform, you'll find an app for pretty much anything. Mm, you know, right. you're not, you're, you're, you, but you're not going to have that type of, that degree of flexibility in, on an Apple platform. You're just not. Um, and that's more so, um, that's more so toward the, fun, you know, that's a byproduct of the function of the, of the operating system. You know, and that's something that's kind of lost. You know, on it, it's like, okay, well, yeah, you've got that uniformity, but um, you lose a degree of flexibility in having that uniformity. Right, right. So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that is kind of, um, you know, I mean, you get what you get, you know, and conversely, if you're an Apple, you know, if you're an Android guy, yeah, you got the flexibility, but sometimes security can be a real problem. So... You know, you know, it's funny. So I actually know people, no, like it's like real security people, like white hat hackers and stuff, and maybe well, maybe gray hats. Uh, but uh, they would actually, they would actually say that the iPhone isn't as secure as Android, at least. So well, you you know that Android runs SE Linux, right? Which is like the secure version of Linux, uh, right. like a more a more secure version of Linux, and I think. Some of the stuff that you can get away with on an iPhone, you can't do on Linux, on SC Linux rather. And Android has has Android has that by default since uh, I think 4.4, I believe. But um, and I, I don't know. I, there are you can actually make Android really like really secure, like even more secure than the, than the iPhone. I think what makes I think what makes the iPhone secure is mainly because of Apple's the closed ecosystem of, of Apple. So they kind of, since they don't make their operating system open source or anything like that, it's, that's kind of, you, you can't just dig into the code and see what the vulnerabilities are. So. Right. Exactly. Um, but, and, uh, you know, and I think, 
yeah, and I think that ultimately, again, um, for some people, that's great because they don't care about it. For other people, it's like, man, come on, dude. This could be so. This platform could be so much better if you had that type of inclusion. And you know, I think that's at the end of the day, that's where you know that's where the divide is. You know, folks that are you know a little bit more savvy about their operating systems and what they can and can't do. Um, you know, tend to look at that a little bit more critically than the folks that just simply don't care and they care about you know. Okay, do I know how to work this? Yeah, I know how to work it. <laughs> and and you know, is it going to work when I need it to work? You know, so there's a level, you know, there's there's a, definitely a divide there in terms of folks that, you know, regular users that are more practical about the platform, and then users that you know have a little bit more more knowledge in regards, at least in terms of how Android works, in comparison. So, I mean, that's normally the argument that you see, you know, between right. Android, Android folks and, and, and Apple folks. Um, but I will say, and this is kind of a little bit of a, um, this is a little bit of a segue into the, into the you know, next topic we, we, we want to touch on real quick. Um, you know, the, the Apple Arcade offering, um, I said I'm not going to hate, but I'm not. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm a little, you know, I'm I'm a little, uh, mm, I'm a little, you know, I, I I'm raising the eyebrow. So bef- before I give my my thoughts on it, what do you what what are your reservations about it? Well, I mean, I think the main reservation that I have in terms of its initial release, and mind you, I have not had a chance to be on the platform, so I'm not going to um i'm not going to you know i'm not going to drop it on his head or pile drive or anything like that um is that it's entering the market now when you have so many other options that are not only just geared toward the mobile user but have potentially much more capability in terms of type of types of games played and the degree of games that are being played. So, um, and we kind of touched on some of those earlier, like, you know, xCloud, um, Google platform has got theirs, although I'm kind of raising the people's eyebrow at that too, because <laughs> I'm not, again, you know, if it's strictly mobile, it's like, okay, yeah, there's a niche, there's a niche audience for that. But, you know, if you're really a, you know, a, a gamer that's looking a little bit, looking for a little bit more, you know, you want your platform to be able to, you know, accommodate that. And that's where, um, that's where services like we mentioned before, like GeForce Now and, you know, and upcoming, you know, Xbox X Cloud and, and Google Stadia kind of come into play at because you're literally going to be playing these on any platform that you have. And that's, you know, including mobile platforms of varying, um, of varying degrees, varying hardware structures. Now, the Apple releasing their arcade, who's their competitor? You know, if it's going to be Google, if it's just going to be in a you know mobile market in terms of a service, then I can see that. If it's going to be, you know, any of the aforementioned, you know, streaming services that are going to be running on multiple platforms, possibly in, even including Apple's, you know, operating system, um, then that's a horse of a different color. And that's something that... Um, to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I, I mean, a lot of folks would probably say the same thing about, you know, the new Apple Plus service that's coming out, but I can at least see that those guys are playing the long game in terms of developing content and in terms of pricing it the way that they've priced it. I think it's going to be like four ninety nine a month yeah. um, for that service. Um, they're not, even though they're competitors with, other streaming services out there like HBO Max, Disney Plus, um, they're playing the long game, and they don't necessarily have to worry about um, numbers or where they place because they have a niche audience that's going to, you know, consume the product, and that's a start. And they don't have to necessarily worry about 
competing directly with those guys. Um, well, I think so. I think so. A few things. I don't. So Apple Arcade, at least, is not necessarily. It's not necessarily trying to compete with like Microsoft or Google as far as their streaming, uh, streaming AAA games. You know, like Stadia or XCloud. I think what Apple is trying to do, so, you know, one of the common complaints with mobile games is, like, in-app purchases, ads, microtransactions, loot boxes. Like, that's the main, especially especially microtransactions. Those are, like, the the main complaints people have with mobile, mobile apps. You know, you buy a game, you play a few things, then you die, and it's like, oh, well, you could wait you know two hours for another life or you could pay oh, five dollars i absolutely hate that it's so. like, like i mean just just a i mean just a perfect example of that of what you just laid out there there's a game on my iphone here that's called gardenscapes and playing the game and it's a puzzle game just like you know most of the other offerings in you know in apple in the app store for apple um, but playing that game is like, okay, you, you get to a point where you can't solve a puzzle and you got to buy extra lives. And that's just like, oh, sweet baby Jesus, why do I have to do this? Why, man, this is frustrating. Why? I don't feel like waiting 20 minutes. What's the point? Okay, screw it. I'll buy. You know? yeah, right. That's the thing right there, right? They, they, they're counting on your frustration or, or lack, of, uh, lack of patience. <laughs> just go ahead right. and make a purchase, right? And so Apple Arcade is like, all right, well... If you pay $5 a month, then you have access to all of these games where you don't have to worry about that. And since Apple themselves uh, are investing in those developers that are making those games, now they can make higher quality games. That's actually the main differentiator between them and Google because Google's version, I think it's called, uh, what is it called? Google Play. Uh, I just had it up. Um, Google Play Pass. And so it's, it's a similar thing, but with Google service, you get games and apps, not just games. Apple Arcade is just games. But, yeah. uh, but Google isn't funding any of the developers. So with Apple's case, I think they're trying to, you know, they're trying to make iOS into a, and not, not even just iOS, uh, tvOS with the, with the Apple TV, because you can technically, <laughs> you can play those games on there too. Right. And so they want to make that, the platform of like high quality mobile games they know that they're not going to be able to compete with you know xbox and playstation they're not trying to but they're like okay well they're like okay well if you want a high quality mobile game then this is the place to be and i can i can attest to that so there's this game i, I was playing um what is it called uh assemble right so assemble is a game where you're like this this girl who likes to fix things and uh she's trying to start up this like uh repair company and so the game mechanic you, you have to literally like fix things like there it's kind of like a puzzle but the puzzle is uh like for example one of the first puzzles is like there's a, a girl who has a, a broken cassette tape and so you have to fix the cassette tape so uh in order to do it you have to like physically turn turn the cassette tape cassette player over unscrew the screw <laughs> and then put new batteries in and then you know it's fixed and then it, it gets progressively harder from there but it's it's actually it's a nice little game and it's almost like a little book or like an audio book because um it's, it has spoken dialogue in it and as you're going through the story you you know you hear them talking you see the words like a book so it's i mean for a game that's five dollars a month you know, I think I think it's pretty good. I think it's kind of worth it. But um, I haven't really played some of the other games on there. But mm-hmm. um, I I mean I plan to I plan to because uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Apple has a better chance of getting a lot of high quality games. Um, also, I think I think this whole Netflix model is kind of catching on, and a lot of people are seeing a lot of companies are seeing that. You know, well. If we, uh, or like the Game Pass model, right? If we, if we provide a whole bunch of content ready to go and all you have to do is pay this set fee and you have access to all of this, we can make more money. <laughs> yeah. uh, for example, uh, Microsoft makes, whenever you buy something on the Xbox store, Microsoft gets a 30% cut. So I think like 30% of $60 was the price of a full price game, right? They get like, what, $15, $18 or something like that? So, but if you charge, 
$15 a month for, for a Game Pass Ultimate or $10 for the regular Game Pass, then you actually gain more money per month as opposed to just as opposed to just game sales so a lot of companies are seeing this model including apple and they're like well we can make more money doing this service rather than just selling games individually so i think that's another motivator so uh i mean google thinks the same way obviously so it (laughs) uh we're starting to move towards this whole subscription model thing now whether or not that's going to be good in the long run I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know. But um, I think in the short term, a lot of people are going to be attracted to this because it's like, well, okay, I don't have to pay all this money for in that purchases. I don't have to pay for $5 for one game. I can pay $5 and play hundreds of games, right? So I think for the consumer, it might represent a better value. And for the companies, it represents a greater revenue stream. But... That's my thoughts on it. <laughs> well, I think um, I mean those, those are some pretty good thoughts. You know, I think that's a <laughs> I think that's a very um, that's a very astute view of it. Uh, you know, eh, I, I, I mean, Apple gaming just just don't even, just doesn't even sound right. It's just it sounds like you know it, for. Those folks that are from the South it sounds like folks putting sugar in grits. Um, <laughs> you know, even though even though I'm kind of on borderline, I can I can eat my grits either way. You know, yeah, Christy, I know you're listening to this, so yeah, <laughs> I put sugar in my grits and butter. But um, yeah, I mean, it's I can you know I can see why, I can see the reasoning you know behind the model. And I think it is definitely, um, you know, I mean, you're right. I think th- there are a lot of folks that are that are really leaning toward that model in terms of how they attract customers and subscribers. So, um, you know, even though I have reservations about Apple as a gaming platform, there's still, you know, there's still some hope there. <laughs> I mean, like I said, they're, they're funding those developers who are putting the games in Apple Arcade. So, you know, yeah. at least from as from a developer point of view, if you're getting that upfront upfront cash from Apple to make these games, you know, that's that's I mean, if, especially if you're a small developer, you're like, hey, this is great. You know, I can I can fund I can continue making games and um, high quality games at that. And uh, I think in general, Apps tend to run a little bit better on iPhone than they do on Android, but I haven't used Android in extensively in a while, so I could be wrong about that. But um, but actually, kind of moving on to the other other subscription service they have, Apple TV Plus. Um, yeah, I, I think, I'm I'm not gonna lie, man. I I mean, some of the content that I've seen on there to this point looks awesome. Some really really awesome stuff, and they're you know. They're getting some heavy hitters in terms of who you know who's going to be featuring in them and who's going to be directing some of these series. Um, I think the main thing again with that platform is that they're they're fashioning it as a competitor to, um, to Netflix and other streaming services. Um, I guess the only thing that I can probably say about it to this point is um, they've got the potential, you know, for that in the long run for it to be a really, really serious competitor to those platforms. And like we were talking about earlier, um, they're playing the long game. You know, they're not, you know, it's not overly expensive and it's... It can't no. be. They can't. They right. couldn't. They couldn't come out the gate and charge like ten dollars, fifteen dollars for this because they have to prove themselves. Like I get that. You know, they're Apple, and I mean to be fair, you know, a lot of the shows are coming out with the morning show with uh, Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston and C with uh, yeah. uh, Jason Momoa. Like that. Those those trailers yeah, those, look really good. Yeah, they look dope. 
They look good though. That's the thing though. They look good. Yeah, they look good. So I'm I'm really glad that Apple priced it so low because it's like, all right, well let's let's see if how well these shows do, and if they do well, then you might see some a price increase eventually. But they need to prove themselves first to be to be able to compete with Netflix and Hulu and even Amazon. Uh, I still need to catch up on uh, the boys and uh, and Jack Ryan. Dude, I mean, you're, I mean, there. You, you better go ahead, man, because pretty soon you're gonna have Picard. Picard's coming oh, out. Oh God, yes, right. I think my wife know, and I you, wanted to see that too. Yeah, you're gonna have the fourth season of The Expanse. That you know, it's a sci-fi series that um, that sci-fi was running, and Amazon took over. Men in the High Castle. That you know, the final season for that. And that, I mean, that that's my joint right there. That's just something that's underrated yeah for those folks out there that got amazon prime um if you're not if you haven't watched the man in the high castle yet you're missing you're you're missing out that is one of those what if mind-bending um you know what if this event series and it's really well done you know it's not one of those things that's going to make you super angry like you know what if the confederate states of america won the war that sort of stuff it's it's really intelligently done and it's um it's a uh, it, it's pretty sobering because you know there's a lot of there there are a lot of historical there's a lot of historical context to it as well so but yeah there's i mean there's a ton of stuff you know that's out you know that's coming out um everybody's obviously looking forward to you know Disney Plus and some of the play- and oh some yeah, of the stuff man, Disney doing. Plus is gone. Like the Mandalorian yeah. alone looks like it's enough to subscribe. Oh man, that's, that's, that's <laughs> ridiculous, man. That thing was great. I, I mean, even the special and, effects. Like this is like this is a TV show, but those special effects are are really they look like uh, Game of Thrones uh, level at least oh, at least Game oh, of Thrones level. Oh yeah, and I mean it's just there. I mean we're not even talking about you know. Um, you know some of the other uh, pay, you know, pay for play platforms like like um, HBO Max, that's coming out, and that is um, that's going to be interesting because HBO already has a big hand in you know cable platform, um, but Max is you know, adding to that as well as some other content that's really, really, you know, that's going to be really tough to beat. Um, it's going to be, I mean, if you're a streamer and you're, a cord, and you're a cord cutter out there, you're really going to enjoy, you know, the offerings that you got. And the cool thing about, you know, this a la carte television watching lifestyle that people are starting to adhere to now is just that. It's a la carte. And you don't have to worry about no contracts. You don't have to worry about, you know, having to be resold a cable package. You know, yeah, the only thing that you... I don't miss that at all. (laughs) Yeah, me neither. You know, the only thing that you have to worry about is like, oh, okay, price jump. Okay, time to jump. (laughs) Right. No, time to go to another service. You know, and the cool thing about that is the competition that it's breeding. Um. I mean, you're if you're a consumer, it's win-win because ultimately the environment is such now that you know the competitors are going to be competing for you know customers and your service, and that can only lead to the quality of the content, quality of the platforms getting better and better and better. You know, so that is something that. You know, as a cord cutter, I'm really looking forward to. Um, that know. is, unless, unless all the uh, content holders make their own streaming services, and now you're going to have to subscribe to NBC Plus and ABC Plus and oh, that, uh, TNT Plus. And <laughs> it, <laughs> like, you know, honestly, there's a, you know, yeah, that's there's a distinct, you know, um, chance that that could happen. But at the same time, I think the folks that are running these businesses also understand that there's a fine balance from between competition and diluting and diluting the product. Right. And I think 
you get too many services out there, and you know, like I said, Apple Apple TV Plus is going to be a good barometer of that because they're not, again, they're not really um, taking that path as okay. We got to do stuff right now in order to be competitive. That price isn't going to jump anytime soon, even with the quality stuff that's going to go because they have their own niche niche audience that they're catering to, and. Ultimately, that might make a real difference in terms of how other platforms see it. The more exclusive the platform, you know, the more niche the audience, the more, the easier it is maybe to get more people. You know, so it's um, you know, it's again, it's going to be really interesting to see how those things play out. And you know, the fact there's a ton of competition is. Hey man, I'm I'm all for it. I want all the smoke. Yeah, Seriously. I mean honestly, it's it's. I mean, so someone someone uh, put out some tweet or whatever. I th- I think I shared it where like he added up all the <laughs> he added up all of the uh, streaming service and it equal like one of the cable one one cable subscription or something like that, which exactly. is is sobering. But it's like, well, if I'm going to pay ninety dollars for all all of these services, at the very least. I can at least quit them whenever I want to, <laughs> yeah. you know. But uh, so I mean, I might have to subscribe to Disney Plus and Netflix and uh, Apple Plus, but I can just quit them if I don't if, if I feel like I'm not getting the right value or I, they don't have any shows that I like or anything. So I can just go. And then if they add something I like, I can just resubscribe and there we go, right? So I, I think that's the I think that's the primary benefit and it. That's when uh uh AT and T when they um when they no not AT and T was AT and T yeah it was yeah when they came out with their uh with the new plans uh where it's basically a streaming version of a cable service and oh, it's yeah. like people are like people are like man that's trash it's not gonna happen it's in like one you have to <laughs> sign a two year contract and then after that the prices go up and then I'm like that's not <laughs> you you all are kind of tone deaf to the reason why people cut the cord in the first place that's why <laughs> but it's and then because of that that they're I mean, apparently they're thinking about uh, di- uh divesting direct tv so we'll see what happens but uh but uh i wanted to get into the legitimacy of, of the pro name but i think i might we might save that for for the next one um because I think, because that's not just an Apple thing anyway. That's a lot of manufacturers are calling their devices Pro, and so I don't. I think it might dilute what the Pro means. Um, but yeah, to me, that's kind of suspect. I but, mean, uh, I'm just, you know, I yeah, you put Pro on the label, you know, unless there's a incredible jump in performance and specs for the for the device that you're labeling. What's the point? Right. I mean, seriously. I mean, it, I get it. You're you're trying to you're trying to market, you know, the higher end device that you got um, as something that's markedly better than uh, the platform that you have at an affordable price. But it these days, those sorts of things again, unless you're one of those tech bougie tech people that really I look forward to spending inordinate amounts of money on something that has the name of a flagship or something like that. And, you know, just to be spending it. Um, it, It's, you know, that line is being blurred a lot these days because you have a lot of, um, you know, lower tier to mid-level devices, mobile devices that, you know, they're packing in a lot of higher end features. You know, um, we're starting to see them hit this market. You know, um, devices like F1 Pocophone, you know, Redmi from from Xiaomi. Although, um, you know, Trump and his and his ongoing vendetta against anything tech in Chinese um, is not. You know, and I don't think that's going to be ending anytime soon. <laughs> but yeah, but. Uh, you know, even even Samsung is starting to get into the game um, in terms of packing in as many high-end 
you know, fun, how as many high-end points of functionality into mid-level, lower-level platforms. Like Samsung A20 is is ridiculous. You know, and the A50 is ridiculous in terms of you know processing, screen size, and speed. Um, you know, these days you're gonna find you know you're not you're not gonna find anything less than a Snapdragon. 655 or 745 or 855 in a lot of platforms, regardless of whether it's high end or not. So, I mean, you still got OnePlus out here <laughs> changing yeah. the game. <laughs> OnePlus changing the game, man. They, they, you know, they, jeez, those dudes. Yeah, the the, they, oh, that reminds me. Uh, the well, the 7T is supposed to be announced tomorrow. Well, as of this recording, tomorrow, by the time you all hear it out there, it would have already been announced, but. Um, yeah, it's supposed to be, uh, I think they've already kind of basically showed it. <laughs> um, they just haven't, like, confirmed the release date and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, it is, OnePlus phones have gone up in price, but they've still remained below, well below, <laughs> like, the, uh, the flagship phones. I mean, you're not paying $1,000 for a OnePlus phone. Um, exactly. Now, granted, you're not paying $1,000 for an iPhone, for a regular iPhone 11, too, so that, that's somewhat of a wrinkle now because it's like, well, you could get the, get the, um, the OnePlus, but the iPhone is the same price. So which one do you get? Exactly. <laughs> so that's which is good though. That's that the competition is good on the on the, quote unquote low end. That's not low end. Maybe like mid range. No, that's not even mid range. That's because the the iPhone 11 still has the A13 in it. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so it's like, but I like that though. Like. <laughs> I, I want companies to compete at that price range where most people can buy it, not like, you know, the $1,000 plus. Like, no one wants to buy a $1,000 phone to browse Facebook yeah. and watch Netflix. Exactly. Well, <laughs> there are there are some folks, cough, cough, you know, some of them bougie cats that are in the collective that <laughs> that like just buying phones just to buy them. You know, money bags. <laughs> them, them cats. You know, them, 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 pinky, them pinky out drinking tea type folks. <laughs> right. But... But yeah, I mean, I think value, you know, bang for your buck is starting to become a little bit more prevalent in this market. You know, right? You know, any place else outside of North America, that's, you know, that's been the norm, and it's been the norm for a long time, simply because, you know, people just don't have that type of disposable income, and they're. You know, just used to being able to see, you know, get that type of technology and that type of functionality for, you know, um, for really affordable prices. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, again, you're you're starting to see a fundamental shift um, in the market in terms of people being able to see value in devices that, yeah, they're not platform, but we're still getting a, but you know the best that we can get in terms of functionality and in terms of performance. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's definitely not going to be, it's not going to change overnight, but it's, you know, the foothold's there. And you definitely got a, a real substantial um, population of folks that are users, that are customers, that are looking for those devices. And they're looking for those alternatives to, you know, purchasing the the thousand dollar, you know, Samsung ten notes or um the previous iPhones that were, you know, you had to give up your firstborn child to get <laughs> in a contract. <laughs> you know, so it's just it, those sorts of things, you know, are becoming a little bit more commonplace in the market. So um I for one I'm I'm looking forward to seeing all of it. Because, again, you know, it's high time where, you know, we shouldn't have to go to, um, you know, you shouldn't have to go to our, you know, service provider for our phone and have to sign a contract, you know, to pay for your phone over the course of, like, 18,000 years in order to pay, for, pay the phone off. You know, it should be just something that, A, all right, it's affordable. You know, if you want to get unlocked, you're not going to. You know, we're not going to really um, have to worry about, okay, well, how I'm going to pay for this if I want to get it unlocked and I want to own it. Um, you know, I mean, for, I mean, honestly, and I'll be, I'll be fine. 
you know, cell phones shouldn't you you know shouldn't be more than a car note or a rent <laughs> or a mortgage in some cases. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's that's I mean, it's kind of getting to that point where it's like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, I want to get this phone, but yeah, I've got rent to pay. I, mean, I think most people, I think most people justify it because you know they have a payment plan, so it's not like you're paying the whole thousand dollars. You're paying, you know, forty dollars over two years or whatever, a month. But I don't know. Still, <laughs> just the fact yeah, that it's exactly. priced that high, it's like, is it really worth that much? But uh, I mean, you know, we all know Apple, and they have to keep their margins. <laughs> but <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> With that, I think I'm. A, I think we can go ahead and close up, close up shop, cause I gotta wake up early. But uh, yeah, I hear you. But uh, it was great discussion, and I finally recorded, so we can, I can actually <laughs> put it out there now. <laughs> likewise, likewise. But uh, for those for those who don't who didn't who don't know, I, we actually recorded a previous podcast uh, with Dominique, and I forgot to record the entire thing, so. I had to do it all over again, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but you know that's that's cool. We got we got it done. So, um, but as always, uh, subscribe to us. Your whatever your favorite podcast app is, go go to that. Search for the Black Techies. We'll be there. The good thing about the platform we use, uh, Anchor, is that they they basically blast it all over the internet. So, is there's not a platform that we're not on. <laughs> Stitch, a- Stitcher. Uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, like we're on it. Podbean, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to add to that, just, you know, spread the word. Word of mouth um, within your social media circles. You listen to our podcast. You know, any support that we get, you know, helps us develop, you know, the best product that we can possibly develop for our listeners. Um, As we mentioned before, the this is a very HBCU-friendly product. So <clears throat> for those folks that are, you know, in STEM, in tech, that are HBCU supporters, HBCU grads, still matriculating at HBCUs, or the cats that just hang on the yard and pretend <laughs> like they go to class, we love y'all. We, we welcome all of your support. And this podcast and the collective and everything attached to it will always be um, pro HBCU because that's where a lot of talent, you know, black talent um, and technology is coming from and should increase in terms of where it comes from. So, you know, we welcome all of the feedback, all of the support. You guys have been made, you know, doing this podcast really, really fun. And, um, like I said, man, I'm I'm looking forward to more podcasts, more topics, you know, more arguments with iPhone folks that can't, you know, really identify that this this not that serious. But, <laughs> right. um, but yeah, it's um, you know, we really enjoy uh, the fact that we can bring you guys a, a really good product. So, thank you guys, and uh, stay tuned for really for new projects. Uh, we still got, you know, uh, the HBC Esports um, initiative that we're working on this long term. And it's moving a little slow, but, yeah, we're still trying to get more uh, more visibility on HBC campuses. So um, come check us out. Come to the collective on Facebook. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, Dave's probably got some other platforms that um, he holds out on us on, but we don't know because <laughs> nah. he's the fearless leader. No, nah, we're uh, just yeah, Twitter <laughs> at the Black Techies. Uh, of course, we're on Facebook. Uh, but actually, if you want to continue this conversation, normally we like to uh, post a discussion um, after we post the uh, the the the, ep- the episode, so we can kind of continue the conversation. So yeah, join the the Black Techies Collective. On Facebook, um, I mean, it's really not that hard. Just click join, answer a few questions, which are pretty straightforward, and you're in. Uh, although some people, for some reason, click join but haven't answered the questions. I don't know why. But, hey, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, come with an open mind. You know, we don't bite. Just, uh, well, yeah, come with, a, come with a, a willingness to learn or just talk about nerdy stuff technology all that kind of stuff 
just don't spam us, bro. Please. Right. No, don't, right. don't spam us, bro. Like, like I said before, we like to support our, our black businesses, but uh let's make sure we keep it a little bit orderly <laughs> so yeah, man. Not, but uh <laughs> but uh on that note speaking of supporting people uh <laughs> uh like i said you can scrap to basically in every, anything and uh yeah i think that's basically it uh yeah we have a website but the blacktechies.com although <laughs> i post everything on there but I think most people just go to the uh, our either the collective or the Facebook page or something. I don't know, but um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, did you have any any last any parting words? Um, only that HBCU football season is in full swing. If you know us, like I said, we're supporters, and and we're band heads and everything else culturally in between. So take advantage of this time this is an epic time of year get out it's fall you know don't be a couch cook don't be a couch potato get out do your thing and have fun and um pay attention to the news because there's a lot of um really eyebrow raising stuff that's happening with um uh with our uh, the guy that occupies, you know, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, uh, you know, Cheeto Supreme. Cheeto Supreme. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, that sounds like a Taco Bell uh, item in, on the menu. <laughs> yeah, but, they're, uh, yeah, they're better. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you all, you know, since Dominique ain't here, uh, you all, <laughs> you all have a have a good week, <laughs> and just know that the next time. That actually, the next time you hear us, he might not be our president no more, <laughs> considering what's happening right now. But yes, uh, sir. yes, sir. Yeah, y'all have a good one. <laughs> Take it easy, everybody. All right. Hail Wakanda. Have to add that. Hail in there. Wakanda. <laughs>